0: The recipient of the 2018 Remington Trophy as the nation's top collegiate center is Garrett Bradbury from North Carolina State. Bradbury becomes the 20th winner of this prestigious award and was a veteran leader on the offensive line for the Wolfpack this season. A fifth-year senior from Charlotte, North Carolina. Bradbury began his college career as a 250 pound tight end but had the frame and the tenacity to make the move to offensive line for the Wolfpack in his second season. At six foot three and three hundred pounds Bradbury was a three-year offensive line starter for North Carolina State with the last two at center, leading one of the most successful careers at the position ever for the Wolfpack. Bradbury played 99% of NC State's offensive snaps as a team captain this season. He helped lead an offensive line that paved the way for a rushing attack that saw senior running back Reggie Gillespie put up over 1,000 yards rushing, and the pack had a 1,000-yard rusher three years in a row. The Wolfpack allowed just 10 sacks this year, the fifth fewest in the nation, and over the last two with Bradbury at center, Ryan Finley had been sacked a grand total of 21 times in 25 games, ranking first in the ACC. He did not allow a quarterback pressure all season long and was consistently listed as one of the top performers on offense nationally this season. Bradbury also lived an offensive lineman's dream by scoring a touchdown in the final regular season game against East Carolina. And that's a big Bradbury, the center, 24 starts, Outland Trophy nominee, all-conference performer, grad student, outstanding in the classroom. He just got you to a touchdown. Bradbury was named a first-team All-American by both the Associated Press and the Football Writers Association of America, and was also named a Walter Camp first-team All-American. He was on the ACC Academic Honor Roll each of the past four years and went on to be named a first-team All-CC performer this year as well as a semifinalist for the 2018 Outland Trophy. Garrett Bradbury has many qualities that will make him very attractive to the NFL on draft day. He has a great deal of athletic ability, understands the position and technique and will bring a ton of experience to any NFL team that selects him. So look forward to seeing Garrett playing on Sundays next fall. Ladies and gentlemen, college football's most outstanding center and recipient of the 2018 Remington Trophy, Garrett Bradbury.
1: Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie, joining you the week after NFL Draft Weekend. Our Vikings. We have 12 new Minnesota Vikings to support, 12 new young men to cheer for as they chase their dreams. The draft is a big weekend for college football athletes. Many of them just accomplished one of their life goals. So while post-draft analysis and criticism is flying around, we are here to celebrate. Celebrate Garrett Bradbury, the Vikings take another former tight end, along with last year's second round pick, Brian O'Neill. Garrett went to NC State, transformed himself into a phenomenal center during his tenure there. He weighed 225 pounds as a freshman, 305 pounds his senior year. Two years at guard, two years at center, all four years in a zone-blocking scheme that he excelled in, with pride. The Remington Award winner for the nation's top center has the quickness to succeed at reach blocks, the technique to make him a savvy run blocker, the foot speed that lets him stay square on pass rushers. Garrett can climb to the second level, he knows how to play with leverage and anchor, he's light and nimble on his feet. And most importantly, Bradbury has the IQ and leadership skills to turn around this Vikings offensive line, diagnoses pressure packages, and knows his assignment. The NC State offensive line formed a band of brothers, referred to Garrett as the heart and soul of it. Just two sacks allowed and two penalties and 942 snaps for the Wolfpack last year. That's for a dude who never wants to come off the field it's a safe pick at a position where our purple desperately needed one. At 18, Jonah Williams and Chris Lindstrom were the only offensive linemen off the board. Zero cornerbacks had been taken. They could have drafted Ed Rusher, Montez Sweat, or offensive tackle Andre Dillard, or tight end Noah Fan. Elite athletes, but Garrett Bradbury ain't no slouch either. He's an elite 92nd percentile athlete and a plug and play offensive lineman who will start for minnesota in 2019 kirk cousins will love him dalvin cook will love him even more here to celebrate Swervin' Irvin, Irv Smith Jr., who the Vikings got with the 50th pick, an heir apparent to Kyle Rudolph. Irv's father and uncle were NFL tight ends, now he'll be one for our purple after starring for the Alabama Crimson Tide. The 20-year-old is a pass catcher first, run blocker second, but he's also got great versatility with viability as an in tight end, flexed out or in the backfield. What does this say for Kyle Rudolph? Hopefully it doesn't mean anything. He's got a young tight end to groom and that's it. Like we discussed in episode 29, two good tight ends is a great thing. Especially when they have slightly different skill sets. You can look around the league and at past NFL drafts, the solo rookie tight ends are the ones who bust. From Eric Ebron to Austin safarian Jenkins to Mike Jacecki. What you want for a highly drafted tight end is to pair that guy. Make him part of a dual threat in year one. That's what we saw happen to Hayden Hurst, Dallas Garter, even OJ Howard and Evan Ingram. Again, Smith is young. We have time there. Look for solid impact in year one before he grows into a stud tight end by year three. We're here to celebrate Alexander Madison. Rick Spielman stayed at 18, stayed at 50, could have stayed at 81, but this is Slick Rick we're talking about. Sooner or later, he's gonna get his trade on, and trade he did. Trading down from 81 to 88, then to 92, then to 93, then to 102. Four trades to nab four extra day three picks and take Madison. Now, the trades meant skipping over a lot of players the Vikings had shown interest in. Lineman Nate Davis, Trey Pipkins, and Yadney Kajust. Defenders Jalen Ferguson and Cody Barton. The trade signal, maybe those visits didn't go so well. And the pick signals the backfield isn't complete. Maybe Minnesota thinks Dalvin Cook's health just can't be trusted. And maybe we also know Mike Boone has shown flashes but not enough to be fully counted on as a feature back. Maybe Minnesota just loved Alexander Madison. The draft network actually speaks pretty highly of the Boise State running back, describing him as an all-around ball carrier who exhibits a moderate amount of power, vision, urgency, and pass catching. He's a Latavius Murray-like interior slasher who has the potential to start. Jordan Reed is much lower on Madison, but the dude ran for 2,800 yards on 580 carries for the Broncos. He's at the least a durable committee option behind the injury-prone Dowling. On day three, we saw so many picks. The Vikings entered Saturday with nine picks. I was hoping we would see some trade-ups, but we really only saw one. The one and only trade-up was for Drew Samia, a pick to solidify the interior offensive line and maybe compete for a starting spot. The Vikings started free agency very thin at interior offensive line. Now that position is fully replenished. Pat Elfline, Josh Klein, Brett Jones, Danny Isadora, Garrett Bradbury, Andrew Samia will all compete. That's six guys for three starting spots. Samia was grown for this from a family with three uncles that played offensive line in college and part of the top offensive line in the country the Oklahoma Sooners. There he was one of only 10 Oklahoma linemen to start in the program's history and in his senior year he was big 12 co-offensive lineman of the year. My favorite part about Drew, I've been looking for an attitude adjustment for our Vikings all offseason, and Drew Samia has attitude. Jr. describes him as a tough, scrappy, and nasty player playing the game angry and aggressively looking to destroy defenders. He fits the zone scheme too. Most fans are loving this pick. Next up was Cameron Smith. After another trade down, of course, our Vikings select the linebacker and captain from the USC Trojans. Now, the earlier pick, Samia, had four years of starting experience, high athletic profile, and plenty of production. Cam Smith on defense, he's got four years starting too. He's got great production, 354 tackles in four years, but that athleticism is limited. Cam fits right in with Kentrell Brothers and Ben Gideon. At best, he's a solid third linebacker with the ability to contribute on special teams. The next string of picks happened fast. Three picks together at 190, 191, and 193 were our purple selected defensive tackle Armin Watts, safety Marcus Epps, and offensive tackle Oli Udo. Watts started just one year for the Arkansas Razorbacks. It was a very impressive year despite being a complete unknown before. The interior lineman notched seven sacks in 2018 as a senior. Draft Network highlights his ability to play any inside technique and be a legit pass rush threat on late downs. So the projection here is that Watts joins a defensive tackle by committee with Shamar Steven and Jaleel Johnson. He could be the pass rusher of that trio. Marcus Epps, the kid who walked on to start his career at Wyoming and left as a three-year captain. Great intangibles, and Epps has athleticism too. Not much out there on Epps, but he can factor in and help provide depth after Minnesota lost Andrew Sandejo and Georgia Loca this spring. Ole Udo, you gotta get Nigerian in the draft. That's just common sense. Rick Dennison gets his project. Udo is huge and was actually too big. You know how Garrett had to gain 80 pounds? Ovi had to lose 60 pounds and still weighs 323. He's raw, and Minnesota has some work to do here. Figure out whether he's a tackle or a guard and clean up his coachable traits. Lots of polish is needed. Get to work, Dennison. So many picks. 12 of them. This might go longer than 15 minutes, y'all. I'm just warning you now. After five day three picks already, our Vikings had four more to go in round seven. 11 teams were already done with their 2019 NFL draft. But Rick Spielman wasn't. He started at 217 with cornerback Chris Boyd. The six-foot, 195-pound corner builds his game on physicality. He's a great tackler, but that type of pass defender isn't a mainstay in the NFL anymore. We've come a long way from Antoine Winfield and Tony Dungy. So the question with Boyd is, can he combine his competitive demeanor to succeed outside of a press zone covered scheme? Can he contribute on special teams? And with the next pick at 239, the Vikings took another specialist. Don't worry, I'm not talking about kicker or punter. I'm talking about Dylan Mitchell. The guy returned punts for the Oregon Ducks while starring as their primary receiver during his junior season. 2016's Mr. Tennessee left the state and led Oregon in catches in back-to-back years. He leaves for Minnesota with 119 catches, 14 touchdowns, and over 1,800 all-purpose yards. 14.4 yards per reception, that's all the college production you could ask for from a receiver in the 7th round. We're celebrating Mitchell because the dude can gadget. Scouts say he's got great ability after the catch, versatility too, size to play outside, agility to line up in the slot, and that means we can hope for some year one impact while Mitchell works out his other traits. Back to back receivers in the 7th round. Ola B.C. Johnson brings a different skill set from Mitchell, but they both have punt return experience. The former Colorado State Ram, more of a strength-style receiver than a speed-style, lots of production, three years as a full-time starter where he caught 125 balls and over 2,100 all-purpose yards for 16.2 yards per reception. 11 touchdowns. We were celebrating. Then Minnesota drafted a long snapper. Okay, we're done here. Now, to wrap things up, we're not going to do draft ratings or draft grades. Y'all can find that stuff anywhere. And this is a celebration of our 12 new men in purple. But there are some themes that define Minnesota's draft and how it relates to where this team is. So let's talk about them. First, the importance of this draft. During 2018 free agency, I wrote an article on Climbing the Pocket about how teams are built around expensive quarterbacks. I looked at the Lions and the Ravens, the Giants and the Steelers, and the Cowboys in the Tony Romo era. I purposely removed the elite quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Phillip Rivers. What I found was that for these teams, success was far more correlated with draft success than for other teams. And you can see it with the Vikings. Look at 2015, how that draft of Eric Kendricks, Trey Waynes, Daniil Hunter, and Stephon Diggs Put us in the playoffs right away. In 2017, our Vikings got an average Pat Elf line and four games out of Dalvin Cook. 2018, they got a solid Ryan O'Neal and four games out of Mike Hughes. That cannot continue if our purple plan to contend. Garrett Bradbury has to be the plug-and-play offensive lineman he's projected to be, a day-one starter. Irv Smith Jr. needs to have at least 30 catches, and some of those other gentlemen need to pan out long term, too. In my study, none of those teams succeeded with fewer than two good rookies per year. I like the 2017 and 2018 Vikings drafts. Those are not the goal. Those are not good enough. 2015 is the goal, and Minnesota is looking to accomplish that with a group of guys that have an absurd amount of intangibles. That's theme number two. Garrett Bradbury led that NC State line. Alex Madison has been through a lot. We talked about Drew Samia's mean streak. Cam Smith, the captain for the Trojans. Marcus Epps, another captain who walked on. Minnesota valued leadership and production throughout the draft. Now for themes three and four, let's bring in some other teams. Similar teams bring them into this conversation to frame what the Vikings did. First are the Denver Broncos, a defense first team with a highly paid quarterback as well. What did they do early in this draft? Well, they traded down first from 10 to 20, just two picks after our Vikings. Then they drafted tight end Noah Fan at 20 and tackled Dalton Reisner at 41. Those are two of my favorites, but stay patient with me here. We're not here to cry about Minnesota not taking them. It's no sweat off our backs, they didn't end up in purple. But look at the similarities. Denver drafts tight end and offensive line in the first two rounds. Minnesota drafts offensive line then tight end. Identical early draft from two similar teams. But it separates with the third pick and that's the key here. Denver trades up for Drew Locke at 42. Minnesota trades down for Alex Madison at 102, 60 picks later. So that right away shows a difference in opinion between Joe Flacco and Kirk Cousins and the value of that opinion. The Broncos see Flacco as short-term, trades up to get their favorite quarterback. The Vikings, because they have belief in Kirk, whether you think that's warranted or not, that belief allows Minnesota to gather an unprecedented amount of picks. Denver ends this draft with six rookies. Minnesota selects Twice as many, 12. The direct comparison shows that simple belief in Kirk Cousins, just the thought of having a franchise quarterback, netted Minnesota six extra rookies from this draft class. And we've never had a chance to use this strategy because we've never had the quarterback to execute it. It hasn't happened to us in decades. And if you want proof of that, look at theme number four. You know who also traded down a ton of times? for a ton of picks? The Seattle Seahawks. 11 picks for them. Both the Vikings and the Seahawks made six trades during the draft. Why would Seattle and Minnesota have such similar strategies? We know why. Again, it's quarterback related. Seattle just paid Russell Wilson. He's set to make $35 million on average through 2023. It's a perfect example of how highly paid quarterbacks increase the importance of the draft For those franchises. Teams have studied this and in this draft we saw two different teams in the same situation execute the same strategy. So before we make snap judgments or conclusions about any of these individual picks. The main takeaway is that the Vikings have belief in Kirk Cousins. Sure they signed Jake Browning as an undrafted free agent. But they had already used the extra draft capital generated. And that showed they know what it takes to build a roster around an expensive QB. They gotta get more year one impact this year. They have to have three or four of them pan out long term if they want to contend. And I think they're on that path with high character athletes. Outside of that, the roster strategy to build a great defense and an efficient offense is clear. Love or hate what our favorite team is. There's no denying it. They stuck to their plan. There's tons more to talk about, but I can't wait to see what these rookies, headlined by Garrett Bradbury, Drew Samia, Irv Smith Jr., can't wait to see what they do in this plan. It's time to watch them grow, and until next time guys, Skull Vikes!